Hello, and welcome to the Digital Workspace Works podcast. I'm Ryan Purvis, your host, supported by our producer Heather Bicknell. In this series, you'll hear stories and opinions from experts in the field, stories from the front lines, the problems they face and how they solve them, the areas they're focused on from technology, people and processes, to the approaches they took that will help you to get to the scripts for the digital workspace inner workings. things to do they're good they're good just just busy busy week so feeling the effects of that one okay well that's good that's good um Um, are you are you back in the uk we are back in the uk uh we uh, got back um the third of april um it was a very cold day but it was lovely and sunny. And um, it was like coming into a museum. Our house was was what it was like it was. It was like it was when we left, even though other people have been in and out and, and all the rest of it. it was quite weird. Um, but the key things were working. The, the internet was working. The TVs were working. The, you know, it's, a, the, the, it's amazing how um, the technology like Netflix and Amazon and Disney just, just operates. Was our um, our heating? Um, that that uh, for some reason had switched off. Now I I controlled it all from remotely in the sense that I turned it on on the app and not and not thought about it again because um, I set up like a schedule to automatically do it. And um, when we landed, it was about, we landed about five in the morning. It was zero degrees. Um, but there was no wind, so it actually was quite. It was fresh, but it was actually quite warm, and it was actually quite, you know, quite shocked. But, but uh, we got home, and the house was about ten degrees centigrade. So that's what probably mm. twenty, thirty Fahrenheit or something ridiculous like that. Even probably lower. Um, so, so that was a bit funny. But, but thankfully, hot water was working, and we, we went to our cousin's place. So he sorted us out with, with breakfast and baths and all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been a, a week of clearing out the house, reorganizing things, throwing out a lot of stuff. Thankfully, no no disasters otherwise. And um, we're back in the routine. We're, we're, it's like we never left. It's quite bizarre. Ten days later. Yeah, well, that's a huge, huge move. But um, sure, it's nice to be on the other side of it. How's the, uh, the time change element going for you? Uh, it's it's funny because um, you know when we so when we were planning to leave, um, we originally looked to fly on the second of April. Uh, first of uh, second of April, then, uh, then we no the first of April, then we became the second of April. But that weekend before was the shift in daylight savings for the UK. So so really for one week we had a one hour time change difference, and then we flew back here, and then. There's no time change. So it, was, it almost didn't make a difference to us too much. It's given me more time in the evenings. I was I actually hadn't realized how many evenings I was working till seven, eight o'clock at night. That is now, you know, four, five o'clock, six o'clock, um, which is a bit more sociable. Um, and these are the things you gotta bring in, you know, think about when you when you're working nomadic, is that you you can easily become a worker in, in all the worst times of the day. Um so that's that's been quite nice to get into a normal thing. It's kind of messed up my mornings though because I had quite a lot of free time 
to do things in the morning. You know, so, so my first call because of the time zones would be 11.30 in the morning, which is when the UK came online, which would be 9.30 UK time. Um, that's now 10.30 for me here. So I've had to like shift gym around and all that kind of stuff. But, but it's actually been good. We, we're organized. We, we, um, the other thing which I did, which, I, which I'm very, um, was very skeptical of to begin with, uh, but this is, again, all done online before we got here, is instead of going to buy a car, I'm, I'm basically renting a car on a, lo- on a long lease. Um, so it's a company called Kazoo, uh, C-A-Z-O-O, and, um, which I only realized the other day was, was it's like an, uh, a contraction for car, zoo. Um, but basically, you, you, you pick your car online, you pay for it on your credit card, you pay a one-month deposit, and um, you, you book your time for it to arrive, and uh, it arrives. And, and it's, it's not a brand-new car. It's a second-hand car, but that's, that's fine for me. And you agree on a, on a period of rental, one, one year, two years, three years, which I've, you take the max because it makes financial sense. And then if you don't like the car in the first seven days, you give it back and get another one. And you just go pick off the website and you get another one. So we had a, a car for the first week, which we didn't like. So we sent that back. We've got a second car, uh, all handled online. It's actually quite a nice it's a, you know, mobile app and, and all that stuff. And then if we don't like the car anytime, we just pay a cancellation fee and ends the contract. So, so you're not sitting with a car that you can't sell if you want to get rid of it, which is what, one of the things that I, I didn't want to have because it didn't hurt us when we moved to South Africa. But I, I didn't want to have that situation in the future so it works out really well and uh, we've got our this car now we really like it and uh, we've, we've agreed a mileage per month which is which is part of the fee and um, if you go over that mileage you pay a, a, a small fee on top to increase your mileage for that month and uh, that's it and, and I, I'm really impressed with the, the the idea I think it's a it's a great digital service very interesting I wonder how that compares to more traditional leasing, like through a dealership. Is it is it less expensive, well, or do you know how it's different? Um, well, well, so so if I went and bought a car on a traditional lease, but it would also be a three year or four year or whatever lease, you'd have to put down a big deposit, um, which in this case I don't. In fact, my my big deposit is spread across the two, um, which is great. Um, the other thing is you can't get out of that lease. So, so what happens is um, you, when you're in that lease, you've got to basically see it out or, or buy it out. So if you want to end it early, and this actually happened to my cousin, he was trying to get rid of his car. And I forget, I forget how much time he had left, but it basically worked out to about 4,000 pounds to get out of his lease. And he said, well, then it's, it's fine. I'll just keep the car, you know, until it gets to zero. And then I'll then I'll give it back. And um, he put the phone down, and literally an hour later, someone phoned him up saying, "You know, we'd like to buy your car from you. We'll pay you. We'll pay out whatever's remaining on your lease." And um, he said, "That's perfect. I don't, I don't want to make profit on it. I just want to get, just give the keys back with the car, and it's done." And uh, they have a, a right of first refusal now. Now that you know, for those guys to go and buy the car, they have to still make money on the car. So. It, in that sense, there is a way to get out of your lease, but your problem is with it with a traditional lease, unless you can sell the car and make 
make back what you owe, you end up having to pay in, um, which is what I like about this thing because, you know, if we keep this car for, for a year and then we decide to relocate or we decide we don't like the car and our needs have changed or we decide we want to get two cars, um, the, 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 it's a very simple exit. It's 500 pounds and I'm out. Whereas if we own the car, you'd have to sell the car. And then you've got to hope that it's thing. And, and these guys will handle all the all the stuff like the servicing and all that sort of thing, which most leases don't do either. Um, normally what happens with a lease is it's, a, it's just a financial instrument where you go to a dealership, you buy the vehicle, and you agree your service plan with that brand. And, and the lease just pay is just it just pays them the money, and you're just paying the financial company every month to um, pay off that that lump sum. Whereas this this service is is the full works, you know. Any issue, I phone them. They come fetch the car. They fix it. Um, they give me a courtesy car. That's all built in. All the insurances are covered. So it's it's a really good thing. And and I reckon, and I'm saying this anecdotally because I actually haven't done the math. Uh, I'm probably saving 10, 15% on the payments because I've done it this way. And I don't offload a whole lot of my cash into the deposit, um, which is another big thing for me. So, yeah, so I'm very impressed as a digital service. And this is, you know, I was, I was having this, this debate back in Africa where everyone owns multiple cars. I just said, you know, cars are not, are not assets. You, you never, like, unless you're buying, like, a really specialized, you know, antique or or um you know like a lamborghini what do you call those things what kind of cars are they like a very high echelon vehicle where the resale will be good because someone wants that car high demand vehicle anything you drive is just going to be worth nothing after three years or five years so you just want to rent them you know and and that's how we've always done our, our purchases is to rent them so after three years we give the car back we get another one and then you're normally sticking to a brand. So, like, if you go to um, our last one was a Hyundai, you know, if we went back now with the Hyundai, they'd give us a good deal to stay with, with the Hyundai brand. So we buy another Hyundai. Mm-hmm. Um, problem, problem for us is that they made some changes to the bodywork. We just didn't like it. So, you know, now you don't want to stick with that. But now if you go to another brand, at least this is how it works in the UK and, and South Africa, if you go to another brand, they won't give you as much for that vehicle. They might give you ninety percent of what the other guys would have given you. So now there's a, there's almost a, a cost of moving brands in some respects. So and and I don't know if you've well you probably wouldn't be aware of this, but the UK because of all the the Brexit and and um, issues with fuel and whatever it is, it's mm-hmm. pushed up the price of secondhand cars uh, and also the yeah. chip shortage has delayed cars. That's um, true here too. Yeah, so so when we were looking at cars from South Africa, we were thinking, geez, you know, I'm not spending 20%, 30% more on a second-hand car um, because it's, you know, it's a seller's market. So this this rental service is perfect for me because, you know, I don't I don't feel like I'm I'm in a I'm in a losing deal. I feel like I'm in a in a winning situation, and the service has been pretty good. I mean, there's a couple of things that can improve, um, but it's all digital. Uh, the guys rock up with an iPad. They take a picture of you with the car. They take pictures of all the like the tires and the and the rims and and they show and, and everything's on the website. You can see all the all the dents and scratches. And, and most of these cars are immaculate. I mean, this car that I got now has got one mark on it. It's got thirty thousand miles on the clock. Um, it's a twenty eighteen 
car and it's got one mark on it. You know, that's that's almost brand new. Uh, the technology inside it is 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 great. Um, so I'm impressed. It's it's the way to go, um, especially for a big purchase. Yeah, no, that's very interesting. Um, it's funny. So I have a 2019 hybrid, and because of all the shortages, it's apparently going for like what I bought it for. So that did make me think it would be a good time to sell it. <laughs> Because that's so unusual, as you pointed out, but usually they depreciate. But because of the shortages right now, um, hybrid cars in particular are in demand. Well, we've wasted a lot of time the last couple of days driving around looking for fuel. Um, because we both both vehicles we've had are diesels, and um, for some reason that's the that's the that's the the fuel type that has the most issues getting. So now we're looking at electric cars, but this is the nice thing. We can now take our time, do the research, go buy the car we want, cancel, and carry on. So, so yeah. You, yeah. Um, well, have you visited the office yet, or do you plan to? I did. I went last week Friday. Um, it was an interesting experience. So we don't because we only have one car. I had to rent a car, and. Uh, that also was quite quite neat. That was through a um, through Enterprise app was quite good. I booked the car, um, went and collected it. Uh, pretty much uh, a paperless experience, which I which I always like. Um, drove out there. Uh, it's a very difficult place to get to. I'll be honest. I don't know why why you would put an office where they put it, but eh? um, and there was no one there. Uh, it was a. In fact, when I got there, one person was leaving. And the entire office was empty. Um, in fact, the whole office block was pretty much empty. So I still, I still foresee people not wanting to go into the office, especially on a Friday. Um, mm. So that that's going to be interesting. But yeah, I've been there, done that. Um, in fact, I had a meeting with someone and actually met them at the airport because that's where they were. That's where they were doing all their meetings. But they're traveling that night. So I just have to move upstairs. Okay. Oh, yeah, so that's um, so that's the, so that's actually sorry. As we as I talk about moving upstairs, I'll tell you a funny story. So, um, I think we were at, when we first started this, I had my setup at home, which had two screens and all the rest of it. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a there's a funny bug with with Apple that you actually can't for some reason share your your screen across two monitors. You can only extend onto one. So I've got these two screens that show exactly the same thing, and it's quite disconcerting because you have, you know, you sort of want to put one on the left, one on the right, but they're both showing exactly the same thing, and you can't um, turn your main screen off, which is on my laptop, for example, and use those two screens. You have to have always on the laptop, which is bizarre. So, so that's been the one frustrating thing about my working place. Um, for some reason, Apple decided that. You shouldn't be able to do that. That's interesting. I don't think I have that problem, and I have a Mac with a external monitor. Have you got two external monitors or just one? Oh, just one. Yeah, I yes. see. So it works fine with one. Um, so I thought it was my docking station, so I went and bought another docking station. That that has made a difference. Um, and then I thought, well, let me let me have a dig around and and see what's happening online. And there's about a year-long thread 
of people moaning about this issue. Um, so yeah, funny games. It's my first yeah, complaint I mean, of, on a Mac in a while. Yeah, that's rare. Uh, no, but I mean, with um, particularly with remote work and you know having the multiple monitors set up at home and. Um, I think some people potentially even still, you know, bringing their own device, like working off of a home laptop and, and using, um, a virtual desktop for work or, or however, um, seems like a, an oversight to, to make that challenging. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you've seen the latest, um, from windows, uh, from Microsoft, at least with the windows virtual desktop, where it's now going to be. Uh, almost a hybrid where you can run a localized version of your desktop and then you can still connect to the cloud as well when you're back online. Uh, I think that's going to be very interesting um, as a concept. Um, but they could do it because they own the whole value chain, whereas other vendors like Citrix and VMware who've tried to do that, you know, obviously don't. Um, so that, that's I'm very keen to see how that works. I might, I might, and then in that sense, look at a Windows machine again as a, as a work machine. Yeah, I didn't watch the whole uh, video with Jeremy and Scott, but I did catch a little bit of it. And it is funny just seeing Windows 11 and then playing around with it. I'm like, I have a little bit of FOMO over here. Um, not experiencing that operating system now, having moved on to a mess. Yeah, it's... Um, I mean, I'm, I'm playing with it at the moment because we're doing this, we're building out this infrastructure. and. Uh, it's it's still clunky. It's amazing how clunky it is. In fact, you know, if I look at any issue I have on my my Apple product, it's, it's a Windows product that causes the trouble. Um, so they, they needed a lot of work there. But then again, Apple's also done some funny things the last couple of weeks. So you know, none of them are perfect. Um, so you just got to find whatever works for you to get the job done. Definitely. I don't know if you wanted to. Did you want to do you want to catch up at all on what's new um, in the digital employee experience space? I've seen you, the um, the deck packs and and whatnot that you've been putting out. Um. Yes, very exciting. So so we we met our deadline of launching them all by the end of the quarter. Um, so now on the lakeside um, customer gateway, uh, which is the new name for the customer portal. Uh, our, our first nine packs are there. We've got another, oh, I want to say eight or nine that are due to come out soon, um, all covering off better ways to answer key questions in the business. Uh, so we have a, a green IT pack. We have a Windows 11 migration pack. Um, we have a proactive IT pack. And, and what these packs are doing is they are showing the data in a very specific use case in a simple way. Um, so those who have used the product will know that we have a very rich, rich deep uh, data set that we leverage. Um, the challenge with that is trying to find the data sometimes to answer the question. So what we've been doing with the Dexpax is bringing that all together into a simple way. And um, they're looking quite good. Um, we've done one for Google Workspace. We've done one for employee well-being. Um, we're working on now a security one for vulnerabilities. 
Uh, and as uh, yeah, I mean, this this pack's coming out now. Uh, we're going to probably do a couple a month uh, to get them out. Uh, and they've got a landing page which has got the introductory information, a how-to document installation guide, a run-through video uh, on what's in the pack, uh, and they all leverage obviously the SysTrack platform. Um, and we're doing quite a nice one now for Executive Insights, uh, which I don't want to talk too much about because I think that that uh, is going to be officially released in a big thing. But yeah, it's exciting. It's uh, we're seeing uh, seeing good adoption from customers. Uh, excitement from customers, which is always good. Uh, and I did show it to a few CIOs that I knew uh, were, were ex-customers or current customers. And um, they they positive comments around the packs. Um, and some of them are not technical. So so the more technical side of the product, they didn't want to look at, but they wanted to look at the packs and they liked what they got out of the packs. And they could say, the one said, I could definitely show this to an HR person who can employ wellness. Um, whereas I could never show them the original SysTrack stuff. And that's not because SysTrack's a bad product. It's just it's too technical for for an HR person who's not a techie. Um, so these are positive things. It's all looking good. No, that's great. That sounds um, sounds like you've packed them up in a, in a really consumable way, which is key, because that's always the challenge, right? It's the, in that space, I think that, um, you know, Lakeside has the edge on data collection and just having access to those insights. But the, the challenge is really making it consumable, documenting, easy to use, all of that. So I think that's great that you've kind of packaged it into a solutions focus to kind of make those use cases just easier to leverage for customers. So, yeah, awesome. exactly. What kind of um, things is it showing in the well-being one? Just out of interest, what kind of things are being highlighted? Um, so we look at at time people are working on the screen. Um, so you know it's it's very difficult to to categorically say, um, you know, someone that's worked nine hours on the screen is having is 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 an unhealthy worker. Um, but what we are saying is if you see, you know, long periods of screen time, you know, to suggest breaks and, and that sort of thing. Um, the other thing we're doing, which I think is a really neat thing, is we're working out whether someone needs a second screen or not. Uh, and we're doing that based on um, how much time they spend focused on application, um, which is really cool. Uh, I think that's a really good um it's a common it's a common question I used to get, and it's a really good one to that, that you've got the data to work it out. Uh, I'm trying to think what the third thing is. Um, I can't think what the, what the third item is, but that's basically the, the main two. And um, obviously, because we're not tracking necessarily every device, we can't say if someone who's who's not at their desk eight hours a day isn't working on their phone or doing some some pen and paper work or something like that. So it's not completely um the, the entire picture but it's a good one i think into getting um visibility in people's work habits oh with the other one is is office versus remote um we can tell if someone's in the office a lot or remote and we're looking at the we use the health score which is obviously quite a key indicator to determine if they're having a good experience uh or not um whether in the office or at home uh, and that that that's about giving the it people 
insight into what kind of service they're offering to the end user because in the end it's all about the employee experience uh, and getting them into a state where they get the most pro- most productivity out of their day um, to do their work. Um, the other one that's that I think is going to be very interesting um, as we as we build it out is uh, the Java one. We're doing one specifically for Java. So Java licensing, uh, Java versioning, um, that, that's, a, that's always a, a painful one for, for people running out software. Uh, so that's, I think, it's quite interesting. And then we're doing a new pack now for Microsoft 365. Um, and that's going to tie into um, applications being used, performance of those applications. And I think we're doing some of our licensing as well, um, recommended licensing. Um, so that, that'll be quite cool. Then we have an AVD one, um, which is working out the right sizing of VMs. Uh, and again, it's all about experience, end user experience. So, so yeah, that's it. There's some cool ones. Um, ones I'm very excited to get feedback from customers on. Some that I wish I had when I was a customer. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, I was looking good. Well, you know, it's fun that you can come over and then build some of the things that you would have wanted to see. That's great insight to have, I think. Well, that's it. That's it exactly. So as I was saying to to someone yesterday, I used to moan about all these things. Now I've got to fix them. Otherwise, I can't moan about them anymore. So super. I think we can uh, wrap up there if you don't mind. Thanks, Adam. Bye, Ryan. Bye. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Heather Bicknell is our producer and editor. Thank you, Heather, for your hard work on this episode. Please subscribe to the series and rate us on iTunes or the Google Play Store. Follow us on Twitter at the DWW Podcast. The show notes and transcripts will be available on the website, www.digitalworkspace.works. Please also visit our website, www.digitalworkspace.works, and subscribe to our newsletter. And lastly, if you found this episode useful, please share with your friends or colleagues.